Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here from DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks for checking in, Pitt fans, and happy Easter Sunday. We hope that you all are enjoying your Sunday. We hope that you all are enjoying your, your holiday weekend. We figured we'd give you some Pitt football to talk about on the weekend. Now, we're going to double down on Pitt football again. There's no news on the Pitt basketball front, we'll say that much. Uh, Nellie Cummings is still it was signed officially. That's the biggest news so far. And for all those who might be asking me, Chris, well, who's in the transfer portal? Man, everybody's in the transfer portal. There is so much talent in the transfer portal. It's ridiculous. I'm still trying to figure out who Pitt is actually trying to target. When I do figure that out, I will be talking with you on this podcast and on DKPittsburghSports.com about it. Now, remember, if you want to catch out the check, check out all of our podcasts here. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere here. We're DKPittsburghSports.com. But I want to talk to you all about football because we do have news there. Now, I'm going to get to my West Virginia rant in the second segment of the show because it was so cool to hear the news that the backyard brawl was extended by four years. It needs to become a regular thing. You'll hear more about that later. But I want to talk to y'all first about Pitt getting ranked ninth in the college football power index preseason. Now, of course, this is not the AP poll. This is not a coach's poll. This is just the ESPN rankings and numbers and all the crunching it has. But ESPN has Pitt according to their systems, ranked as the ninth best team or the ninth, you know, in their in their their football power index heading into the season. There's still a long way to go. We still gotta see where they actually get ranked. I, I've told people on the website, I wouldn't be surprised if Pitt actually gets ranked around like 2021. 20, because from what I've heard from a lot of national people, at least when I've heard them talk about teams for next year there's a lot of speculation that Pitt despite winning the ACC last year despite bringing back a lot of players this year there's a lot of speculation that a last year was a fluke for Pitt b it was mainly predicated on the success of Kenny Pickett and c Clemson is back and they're going to not have a down season and they're going to crush Pitt in the ACC championship game all those things may be true they might be they might be right they might not be haters but I'll tell you what Pitts, I think this is the best chance Pitts had to prove doubters wrong in a while. Last year they did that, but this year would be a little bit different. Because now you're coming in, there's a bit more expectations on you. Last year there, there wasn't much expectations from anyone outside of the Pitt locker room. Those guys believed in themselves. There were some loyal fans who were, who were sticking by him. But now, I think Pitts got some ammunition to say like hey you know what there's a lot more it's not just us that believe us anymore we gotta we gotta prove some people right about us people that are thinking that we're gonna do well now to go over where Pitt falls into these rankings uh I, I do think it's cool to look at because we look at these rankings number one overall of course is Alabama they're Alabama they're gonna be that number two is Ohio State they got CJ Stroud coming back I mean the two two teams with the two biggest named quarterbacks you saw that coming the Georgia Bulldogs, the national champions, even though they've lost a ton of people who are going to the draft, they still have a lot of talent on their team. Number four is Clemson. 
They're the number four team in the country. We'll get to them in a second, talking about them in, in Pitt. Notre Dame, ranked at number five. Texas, coming in at number six. Michigan, coming in at number seven. Oklahoma, coming in at eight. Pitt, of course, at nine. Auburn at 10. LSU at 11. And Penn State at number 12. Now, breaking down what these predictions are, are, are what these predictions are looking at they're, they're they're breaking down percentages and what they what you know, and what they think it is now according to these these numbers espn is projecting that pitt will win will win around, around like nine and a half games so like that being said like they'll probably they think they'll probably win nine games maybe win 10 games on the season and that would be a good year in normal measures of Pat Narduzzi, but this is not supposed to be just a good year for Pat Narduzzi. this is supposed to be a chance for pitt to knock it out of the park Clemson, their number four team here, is projected to have 11 wins on the season. But it gets really interesting when you start to look at the percentage chances that they're giving these two programs to win their divisions. Now, of course, Clemson is in the opposite division of the ACC, so Pitt wouldn't run into Clemson in that in that race. But Clemson's projected to have a 74.7, basically a 75% chance to win their division this year. They're not projecting Wake Forest to do what they did again last year. Pitt is projected with a 44.8% chance to win the Coastal Division again. Now, that would be that would be interesting again. I, I again have said that they stand a very good chance and they would be my favorites to win their division. You're still gonna have to go through Virginia. Brennan Armstrong is Armstrong is back, and you saw how close that went down to the wire, and this time you're going to Virginia to play them. North Carolina doesn't have Sam Howell. We'll see how they bounce back. They, but they could they they North Carolina is a program that does pull in talent. There's going to be some serious challenges for the Panthers this year. But I do think they have the ammunition and the players and the people that they need to do to get to the ACC championship game. But then the question is, can they beat Clemson again? They did their business when they faced Clemson at Heinz Field. But will. DJ Uyangalele, their quarterback, be the quarterback of the team then? And will Clemson be a better team overall when they face off on a neutral field if they get to the ACC championship game? That's a big question there. Clemson's given a 58.7% chance to win the conference championship. Pitt is given a 15.8% chance. But here's the thing. I that's a pretty good number if you're looking at this preseason wise. If Keaton Slovis can come on right, if the defense can be what it was last year towards the end of last year when they started to figure things out and they started to communicate and take away things from opposing quarterbacks when they started to find stuff. If they can still be aggressive, if they can develop that run game that picked up late last year, if that can carry into the start of this year. That's going to give Pitt a really good chance. To be able to go to war, win most of their games this year, win the Coastal, maintain those high defensive numbers against the run, against the, in, the, in their pass rush, improve in the ground game, do all those things, get up against Clemson again. And if you can go toe-to-toe to Clemson and beat them in back-to-back seasons, 
That'll start putting you on the map. A lot of people keep asking me, well, Chris, when are they going to see the recruiting dividends? When are they going to see them? First of all, recruiting dividends come a little bit later than you think. You might see some differences come this offseason rather you know, you know, going into next season rather than, you know, this uh, this current the, the recruiting period that we just saw. You'll see, you'll see it might pay a little bit next year. But watch to see if they make moves this year. If they're able to do, if they're able to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game, and if they do that, I'm telling you right now, as long as the ACC didn't just fall apart and they don't have, you know, two really bad losses on their resume, kind of like how they did last year. And if they beat a Clemson, a, a, a highly ranked Clemson, Pitt will have a really good chance to make the college playoffs, the college football playoffs. And in these FPI rankings, Pitt's given a 10% chance to make it. That's a pretty good shot. That's one in 10 shots. That's, that's the highest percentage I can think of of when you, if you asked anybody about the potential of a Pitt program, a Pitt team getting a chance at the college football playoffs since they started them. This is it right here. And that's what I'm saying with there should be excitement from Pitt fans. There should be there, this should be the year that you see Heinz Field packed more than others, unless they start to fall apart, and then of course people will you know not you know, will, will not show up. Uh, but this is the year like there, there should not be a question about it being packed for the backyard brawl on on September first when that goes down. And if Pitt's winning, if Pitt's highly ranked, I think you'll see a change of tone in how those stands have been at Heinz Field for some of the games that. A lot of Pitt fans have to defend their their fandom and their their fan base and saying, hey, you know, when when Penn State fans and West Virginia fans come and say, look at your attendance, bro, even though they're Pitt fans are saying, look at your record. But you want to see that change? One way to change that, win big games, be consistently good, but also face and beat your rivals. I want to talk about that Rivals bit a little bit more in the second segment. With the Backyard Brawl being confirmed for more years, I want to talk about what happened there and where I see it going right after this. H2P Podcast. I'm Chris Carter here talking about pit football in today's episode. We talked a little bit talking about the FPI rankings and why the percentages and breakdowns show there is a path to the playoffs. And the more I look at, you know, at, at, at who they play this year and everything is all, it can always be very different. There can always be changes, you know. No one thought Miami's quarterback was going to come through last year and do what he did. And it's funny, if if, if Pitt had played Derek King last year instead of the guy they played with Miami, they'd probably win that game and probably in more of a conversation for the college football playoffs. But I digress. I want to talk about 
the backyard brawl a little bit more. And I've talked about it on this show with Wes Euler, well, well-known radio guy. He's on Steeler Nation Radio. He's on iHeartRadio. He uh, he does the Ears and Beers podcast. Known uh, West Virginia alumnus and football lover. Well, West Virginia lover, period. But we talked about how this needed to be a regular thing, like last year, on this show. And what it does... For college football, it's one thing to to win your division. It's one thing, you know, in Pitt when you when you beat Syracuse and and you beat Virginia and North Carolina. Those are cool. But tell me, you Pitt fans don't get riled up more when you get a chance to go at one of the people that talks trash on you every single day when you at work. The West Virginia fan that's in the other cubicle that always gives gives you not give you stuff about your attendance. Same thing goes for Penn State fans who say they're unrivaled, even though they spend every five minutes talking about Pitt, Pitt, Pitt and their lack of accomplishments or their accomplishments or their attendance or whatever. People need to stop pretending like rivalries aren't important or pretending like they don't want to be rivals with people. And I guess I'm mainly saying about Penn State fans because when I talk to West Virginia fans, they embrace it. They hate Pitt. There's no hiding it. It's a, they don't look at Pitt as a, as a little brother. They look at you as, as the brother that you just want to punch in the face. And it's it's funny. Like I get into good back and forths with both Wes Euler and Adam Crowley as two WVU guys, and I'm a Pitt alumnus. But... I get into it with those with those guys, and it's it's you know it's that friendly banter, it's that back and forth. But also, there's no no neither side is trying to hide that they want that they that they would want this these games back. They want these games on the calendar. And when when September first rolls around and these two teams are duking it out on a Thursday night. That's going to be a special game for Pitt fans, and I really hope to see a packed stadium when I'm covering that game. Because if I if if, if I'm if I'm looking around, I mean, I was looking. In fact, I'll put it this way: I was looking back at uh, Damari Mathis's tape on the season because he's an NFL draft prospect, and I think he's a good sleeper for the NFL draft. But we'll talk more about the draft next week because the draft is in two weeks. When I was looking back and I looked back at his, his the interception he had in that Clemson game, I forgot how packed it was for that one game. And there were a few other games that were packed that were that were, that were you know that were well attended, but the Clemson game was a different energy. It was like a guys, if we beat this team, it's for real this year. And they beat that team. And when Demario Mathis makes that first interception, the roar of the crowd. Now, everyone always talks about what's the loudest you've ever heard Pittsburgh. Some people say the blackout. And the blackout for the Pirates, an awesome moment for Pittsburgh history. But when you talk about loudness, when you talk about hypeness, it's it's just tough because the numbers there can't compare to Heinz Field. You could you could probably name 10 Steelers moments that got louder than, than, than the blackout at its, at its loudest moment. And I'm telling you, the roar of the crowd when Mathis caught that interception and how much the place exploded when Servassier Dennis had his pick six. Those were some loud Pittsburgh moments. Maybe even the loudest of Pitt moments at Heinz Field. That Jordan Addison was pretty loud when he caught the game-winning touchdown against Virginia. 
crazy enough, less people were at that game than the Clemson game. But again, when you play big opponents, you beat big opponents, more people come to see it. And West Virginia, though, not a big opponent right now. Neil Brown's been struggling to get things going over there. They're still your brother from across the way. And if Pitt can beat them, and I think Pitt can beat, not just beat them, but beat them emphatically. I know they got JT Daniels. JT Daniels just lost his job to a walk-on. But if you look at if if you look at West Virginia, they got a lot of weaknesses to fill on their roster. And if they can get after the quarterback, and when I know of JT Daniels, you get after him, he starts to struggle. Pitt can rattle him. You then get Tennessee at home. That's an SEC opponent at home. That might get some really good attendance as well. You beat those two teams. Those are two major Power Five programs that have re- you have reason to go see. Then you go on the road to Western Michigan. You got to get your revenge there, and then you face Rhode Island at home. That'll be the game that you need to make a laugher. But if you could go through those games, control those games, win those four games, you set the tone for yourself. You'll be ranked. You'll probably have risen up in the rankings. You might be in the teens. You might even be close to top ten. And then you start your ACC schedule. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech at home. Louisville, North Carolina on the road. Syracuse at home. Virginia on the road. That's going to be the tough one. I, I think of, of all their games, Virginia on the road might be the one that I'm like, eh, about. Duke at home and then Miami on the road, which also could be tough. But it all starts with if you can build that hype early, if you can beat West Virginia, that rivalry will kickstart so much pride and so much everything else for the, for this for this team and for the fans. You deliver that for fans. I think that's going to be something that they hold on to. They say, you know, I'm going back again because you know what? That was fun rooting on my guys and watching them do that to people, and do it to the people that I that I hate or that people that I want to talk the most trash to. And Pitt should play West should play Penn State again sometime if Penn State will ever agree to it. But if I'm Penn State, I might be a little shaky about that right now because Pitt right now looks like they smacked Penn State up. They would have this year. I'll say that much. But going into the chances that are in the opportunities that are there this year, winning that rivalry game and then then carrying that over for the next few years. There's a real chance to build true excitement for this program. Between all the fans, and not to say that there aren't fans who are passionate and excited all the time, but I'm talking about the casual fans that haven't been going to the games because they're like, hey, you know what, I'm going to the Steelers game on Sunday and I just I, I don't got the time to devote my whole weekend to football. I get it. But this is a chance that if you do if you win games like that, if you follow through on strong seasons when you're supposed to have strong seasons. Fans will show up. They will make the exception. He's like, you know what? I'm going to that game. I don't care what nobody says. And that's how you build the environment in the stadium. We've already talked a lot about Pat Narduzzi. He's built the, the environment and the culture in the locker room and in the facility. That has been built. These guys believe in it. Now they got to go out in the field and they got to get the fans to believe in it. If they do that, man... Pat Narduzzi gets a real special place in Pittsburgh. He's already kind of got one with the ACC championship. But that would be a revival of Pitt football if he could go that far with it.
And if they do that, watch out. Pitt could be the could be the new rising power of the ACC that isn't just a one-year fluke. They could be a problem for years to come. Well, Chris Carter here on the HSP Podcast. Again, happy Easter. Hope everyone enjoys, enjoys their holidays. Take some time off. If you don't celebrate Easter, take some time to be with your family. It's always great to do that. I'm going to do that myself. We hope you have a great weekend. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. And uh, get ready for the NFL Draft. Next week we'll be prepping you for that. Talking to you about Kenny Pickett, Damari Mathis, and a number of other Pitt players who are draft eligible this year. Who might go where? What might happen? We'll talk about that then. But until then, check us out with all of our podcasts. DK's Daily Shots are back up again Monday. It'll be a fun week throughout the week with Penn's Hockey wrapping up in about a week or two before the playoffs. Pirates baseball back. And so much to talk about right here on DKPittsburghSports.com.